Welcome to the Broken Rising podcast. The mission of Broken Rising Ministries is to help those who have been wounded by a church leader find healing, embrace faith once again, and continue on the journey of their calling. Here's your host, Gary Don. Being broken under by an abusive leader that you serve or once served is often a devastating experience. Ask anybody who's been through it and they'll tell you that it is an experience and it is a state that affects every part of your life. And so it can be incredibly crippling. You are hurt and you're wounded for this moment and for the season. But with it comes the opportunity for the devil to manipulate the flesh into this perpetual state of resentment. Now, this resentment manifests itself in the real-world form of unforgiveness. If resentment is what is held deep into your heart, then unforgiveness is how it practically works its way out in the real world in your life. And so we've got to go after both resentment and unforgiveness. You've got to go after the root, and then you've got to go after unforgiveness itself. So here's the deal. You actually don't have to forgive a leader who wounded you. You don't. There's no law of the land saying you have to. In fact, the Lord himself, even though in the word uh, of God, there is so much encouragement for you to walk in forgiveness. You actually have free will and you don't have to forgive. You absolutely don't have to. God is not going to force you. No law is going to, uh, to force you to actually forgive deep in your heart and to walk into a lifestyle of forgiveness. But if you don't walk in forgiveness... Your wounding will grow season by season and will hold back not it will hold you back not only from moving on from the wounding that you received and getting healing from that, it's also going to block what God has for you in the next season, for your future. Unforgiveness has this ability to taint uh, every part of our lives if we walk in unforgiveness. And again, we're not talking about uh, if you are... Um, you know, you have one little moment where you stub your toe or somebody does something to you. And for the moment, you're you're dealing with it, you're walking through it. But in the end, after some steam is blown off and time heals all wounds, so to speak, and, and uh, the Lord and his word and the Holy Spirit is just working in you that day, by the end of the day, yeah, you're just ready to let it go. And it truly just kind of bounces off you. Not talking about those circumstances. We're talking about a deep breaking under season where you have been wounded by a leader that you served. Um, and and that that, is, that broken under, that, that unforgiveness and resentment is sitting like squarely on your heart. And day in, day out, that resentment and unforgiveness is stealing the joy from your life, your, the joy from your walk with the Lord, and it will steal the joy from so many other areas in your life. So you need to forgive the leadership that wounded you because if you don't forgive, a number of things will happen that will rob your future. Uh, they will rob your future. They'll rob your now as well. So the first thing is, is that it will retreat deep inside your heart. Unforgiveness will retreat deep, deep inside your heart. James chapter 3 verse 14 says, But if you harbor bitter envy, and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. So bitter envy and selfish ambition are kin to unforgiveness. They're just right there along with unforgiveness. And they don't exist in those who have truly forgiven who hurt them. 
All right, if you walk in a lifestyle of unforgiveness, if you walk in a lifestyle that repels the offense of others and the world and the, the, the offense that's caused by sin and, and all those things, if you, if you repel those and you are, you are walking in a lifestyle of forgiveness, not unforgiveness, bitter, uh, bitter envy and selfish ambition, they're not going to be around your life. Now, what is bitter envy and selfish ambition? Well, bitter envy is when you look at other people and you covet their gifts. You, you are, um, you know, you, you are envy and you are, uh, you're selfish of, um, their, their gifts, their calling, their influence, their, their position in a particular, say, network or denomination or in the church or, you know, you, you, the accusations of favoritism come out. Bitter envy works its way out in so many ways, but bitter envy starts as a deep, deep core envy that's in your heart. It really goes back to uh, the Big Ten where the Lord says uh, that, that we're just, we're not supposed to covet after things. Well, those, thing, those things actually include uh, people as well. And the things that, that uh, people have that aren't necessarily physical. Now we can certainly envy physical things. Um, but it's but in this context of unforgiveness, we have to make sure that we don't have this bitterness towards those that maybe they don't appear to be struggling the way we are with a particular sin or issue or offense or bitterness or they weren't wounded or the list goes on and on. And selfish, selfish ambition is just simply where your ambition is rooted more in, in uh, your flesh than it is in the kingdom. That your concerns are more for uh, the advancement of your own life agenda as opposed to the kingdom's. Now, if those are perfectly lined up, you're not going to look like you've got selfish ambition. You're just simply not. But when you are walking in, in, in bitter envy towards other people's gifts, their callings, their positions, their um, the favoritism uh, or the, not favoritism, I should say, but the favor that the Lord has put upon their lives— um, you're not going to forgive them for when they accidentally stub their toe and have a bad morning and they come into the office or you see them in church and they say something that's just a little off that offends you or wounds you. You're, you're not going to let that go. There, you're not going to be forgiving for that. Um, that's because bitter envy is in your heart towards them. And with selfish ambition, uh, when your agenda is ahead of everybody else's, including the Lord's, there's just no way that forgiveness is going to be there. And so there's no way that you can offer forgiveness to those uh, to, to those people in your life, in the church, the leader that is above you, uh, that you serve, that you sit under. Uh, there's just no way that you're going to do that when there's bitter envy and selfish ambition. Because unforgiveness is like a weed. You can pull off the top of the weed, but the roots remain hidden. And that's, that's one of the, the sneaky uh, spiritual attacks of the enemy when it comes to the issue of unforgiveness, is that it takes root deep in your heart where you cannot see it. And some days you can even mask it really, really well, especially when things are going fine. But because we're in this battle with sin, the flesh, and the devil, we are in this battle uh, to bring the gospel to a lost world. We are in this battle to love people, to love the unlovables, to bring the gospel to the places where people are wounded and, and bitter and broken. Um, you're going to bump up against the things that are going to offend you and that those those roots of unforgiveness will begin to grow again. You can pull off the tops, but, but uh, you can mow over them. But if the roots are left, the roots of unforgiveness are left, 
they are going to manifest themselves around you. If you harbor unforgiveness, bitter envy will eventually grow back into your life. All right, that selfish ambition is going to come back. The second thing is, is it will manifest into the relationships you hold most dear. I think that in under broken under situations, this is one of the most tragic things. I've even seen this personally in, in other people in my own life, where when you're going through a season of, of anxiety or depression because of a woundedness or bitterness or the rest of it, it does affect the relationships around you. Your patience with your family, with your friends is less. Even sometimes the want to hang out with other people, um, just socially, the way you normally would, fellowship with people the way the Lord has called us to, um, that is affected as well. And so that's one of the things that we have to fight with unforgiveness. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6 says, Paul writes, But instead, one brother goes to law against another, and this in front of unbelievers. So what Paul's getting at here is he's talking about where there is conflict in the church. And the first uh, inclination that some of the Corinthians had in the Corinthian church was just to lawyer up, was to go and argue in front of a judge or a magistrate or uh, you know, somebody who would, somebody from the world who didn't know the Lord, who would uh, come along and basically, you know, divide the matter, bring justice to it. But unforgiveness has a way of spilling over to the most important relationships God has blessed you in your life with. And what Paul was getting at here is that we need to deal with unforgiveness in the body of Christ. Forget the lawyering up. Forget going to other people to make other you know, to make leaders in your life or the people that offended you pay for what they did to you. We are to come together with forgiveness. Ninety nine percent of the, I'm only throwing that out as a number, but 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 there's a huge amount of the conflict that we experience in the church and even in our own lives that forgiveness. If we offer forgiveness and don't walk in unforgiveness, it's going to solve. So what Paul's getting at is that. If we just live by the word of God, instead of lawyering up and going out into the world, then so many of those conflicts will be resolved. And of course, we know that the Corinthian church was full of conflicts. But unforgiveness breeds other sinful states. All right, one is suspicion. Suspicion even of your own spouse or your own children, but, but definitely suspicion of, say, that, that senior leader that lead pastor, or that if you're a lead pastor, say that uh, the group of, um, uh, of volunteer leaders, like as your deacon board, or your, your just your, your leadership team at your church, or whoever you're responsible to uh, in your network or denomination, um, you could have, you, suspicion is one of those, those big things, and it ruins relationships. Because when you are unforgiving, you are always suspicious that they're going to offend you or wound you again. So when you walk in unforgiveness, it just allows that suspicion in your heart and your mind to always be there at the surface, always waiting for the hammer to come down from the leader you serve or say the network or denomination. Um, it, it's always waiting for that suspicious moment uh, where you're going to get hurt and wounded. The worst is when that, that goes against your spouse or your children. That is, that is the worst. And those who have been broken under are at risk of walking in that resentment and unforgiveness that will affect your friendships and your relationships around you. And my encouragement to you is to walk in the Lord's healing, 
to walk in that letting go of the offense and wounding and walking in the forgiveness of the Lord. He's given it to you. Extend it to others. So that's why you have to get the deep root of unforgiveness. Uh, get it out of your heart. Just get it. You just, whatever you need to do uh, through prayer. And of course, we're going to have multiple podcasts and other resources that are coming down the pipe uh, that are going to equip you on how to walk this out. And I write these things and speak these things not because I've walked in this in perfect perfection. I certainly have it. But I have learned a few things from my broken under season that, uh, that, that has taught me that holding on to unforgiveness is just, it can be brutal on the relationships you hold most dear. You have to walk in forgiveness. Unforgiveness has the capacity to destroy all that you hold dear at an emotional and relational level. We hold our families dear. We hold our 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 spouses and our children and our extended family, even those really good friends in our lives that are lifelong friends. Some friends come into our lives, they, they come in for a season and they go again. We we know this. And but then we've got lifelong friends, friends that are going to be with us forever. Uh, even if you don't see each other or talk to each other for years, some of them started at the beginning of life when you were young and some are in, started in the middle and even some start at the end that will, will walk with you to the end, those end season relationships. Unforgiveness will destroy those relationships, because especially if you project them onto those relationships. All right, so the, the second point here is it will manifest into the relationships that you hold most dear. God, I'd be careful about that. You've you got to be aware of it. you got to be spiritually aware. So the third thing is your unforgiveness will begin to project itself uh, into others that you lead. So we just talked about those that are most dear to you, your family, your friends, uh, those friends in, in, in every season of your life, but your spouse, your kids, your extended family um, that you, you love so dear. But it also spills over into the kingdom. Unforgiveness will taint your leadership. You got to be you got to be extremely aware of when you've been broken under, and that unforgiveness is is then manifesting in those that you leave, uh, that you lead. Unforgiveness is like a spiritual gateway drug to other sins. Like I, like I mentioned in, in one of the other points, suspicion. Suspicion comes out of unforgiveness. That you unforgiveness causes you to suspect that others are going to hurt you, even when their motives are just they're they're perfectly fine. They they have no intention of hurting you and. They're just going about their lives in ministry and church and your family, whatever it is. That's just one of them. But unforgiveness opens the door to so many sins uh, in your life. And, they're, and it has the potential to manifest out of your life. As a spiritual leader, whether full-time pastoral staff or just in a volunteer uh, lay leadership role at uh, your church, you have to be aware of when uh, the... The things that you struggle with project upon those that you lead. Now, it doesn't mean that we walk in fear that we're not perfectly perfect and that we don't lead. It means that we need to be self-aware leaders, self-aware when we are uh, not forgiving others and extending the same grace to those that we lead that we ourselves have received from the Lord. And that's really one of the definitions. It's one of my definitions of what a hypocrite is. Um, there, there are a number of definitions for what a hypocrite is, but not extending the grace to those you lead that you claim for yourself. So we have to be very aware when we're doing that because that is hypocritical. All right, each moment of ministry, you reaffirm either a biblical leadership culture or worldly one. You either affirm 
and build a relationship where forgiveness is just the first go-to when mistakes happen. And it's not that you don't deal with the consequences or that you uh, that you don't um, improve your ministry, your gifting, your calling, you, yourself as a leader. It's not a, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about that there is a culture of forgiveness when mistakes are happening, especially personal mistakes, when offenses are given, either intentionally or unintentionally. Because there's lots of times when we say things that we came out wrong and, and, and we need to be forgiving when people say those things to us. All right. But when you're broken under by another leader, that wounded soul opens up the door for this resentment and unforgiveness to take place. And it will, again, it will just flow over into uh, your your ministry. You have to be really careful about that. We want to build a biblical leadership culture of forgiveness, not a worldly one, where as soon as you make any sort of mistake, that that's it. You, you cannot be redeemed. That's the world's ways. There is no redemption in the world. Um, very little in the world. I mean, sometimes you'll encounter it, and it's not to paint every single organization or person that doesn't know Jesus with the same brush. But generally speaking, uh, in the world, you are going to encounter uh, a sinful way of doing things, of valuing people only what they produce and not who they are as people. And of course, we understand that who we are as people is people that were created in the image of God. That value grid is what we need to plug every single person into first, that especially the ones that we lead, because the Lord has called us to care for them. The Lord has called us to uh, to basically shepherd them and love them. No matter or not we're, it doesn't matter whether or not we are the lead pastor or we're just a Sunday school teacher or a youth leader or we're a discipleship leader or a worship leader who is, you know, training the um, and leading the, the, you know, the youngest drummer or guitarist on the team. It doesn't matter. We are called to shepherd them and build a leadership culture of forgiveness. And that starts with letting uh, go of that spirit of unforgiveness that we have received from being uh, broken under in our ministry. When it's unchecked, unforgiveness will reproduce a damaging, untrusting spirit in those that you lead. One of the things that unforgiveness does, closely related to that whole resentment uh, and that whole suspicion, is that you create an atmosphere of untrust um, where they're, where you, you don't trust your leaders and therefore they don't trust you. And that quick, quickly, it rapidly builds a toxic leadership atmosphere. It doesn't matter whether that's in your Sunday school class or on the platform, or if you are in the middle of leading, say, an outreach downtown, uh, you run a soup kitchen or some sort of ministry like that, you've got people around you that are volunteering. People know when they're in the midst of a leader who is unforgiving. So we got to get rid of that because it will project itself onto others that you lead. Um, when this happens, you'll begin to fail as a leader and the leaders under you won't be able to achieve kingdom success. We as leaders want to lead those uh, into their destiny, to their calling, to for them to have success. This is the thing about uh, sitting under a leader who is abusive, uh, spiritually and emotionally, is that they don't realize that your success is their success and their success is yours. In the kingdom, that's how it works. In the kingdom, when somebody else succeeds in their gifting, their calling, when they understand who they are in Christ, and uh, and you as the leader understand the same thing, man, that's when you begin to build the kingdom. 
that's when you can have a healthy church, a healthy ministry, a healthy relationship, a healthy parachurch organization, um, even a healthy business. Uh, that That's how uh, healthy offices and factory floors all work when people work together and that there is grace that is being given. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mean that you don't deal with issues. It doesn't mean that you don't deal with conflict. It doesn't mean that you don't have hard conversations when they need to happen. It means that there is grace and forgiveness in those moments when there is wounding that happens. Instead of embracing the potential for offense, you 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 reject it. You reject that unforgiving spirit. So maybe you're struggling to forgive a leader who wounded you. You might even. Uh, be able to see where it's affecting relationships around you. And if that's the case, you've you've won 90% of the battle. 90% of the battle is realizing uh, when there has been a wounding, when there when uh, and that when that wounding is then uh, it is beginning to bear the fruit of unforgiveness. If you get to that place where you realize that that unforgiveness is deep down in your heart, man, you're 90% there. And the rest of the way is just journeying with the Lord and letting the Holy Spirit, um, literally, as Paul talked about, walked in the Spirit and not in the flesh and allowed the Holy Spirit to uh, basically inhabit the things that we say, the things that we do, uh, allow us to not only just catch our tongue and bury it deep down inside, but to walk in a spirit of forgiveness and grace towards others. But it's hard to come to terms with because unforgiveness comes attached to what's done to you. And it's also attached to who you are. Let's just say that you're an assistant or an associate pastor. What's been what, the offense and bitterness that, it, that you are dealing with? It's attached to what you do for the Lord. That makes it difficult because we have to untangle who we are in Christ for what we do for Christ. And even then, they're still connected. Because who you are in Christ, well, that's who that's in part where your calling in the Lord flows from. So remember, the Lord has an incredible amount of grace for you because he the Lord understands. He's called you to ministry. He's called you, whether it's a pastoral staff or lay leadership ministry, or even again, the for the third or fourth time for you, you are a lead pastor and you're serving um, under other leaders. Uh, like board of deacons or a, or a network or or local group of leaders uh, in the church, the Lord understands that the the, the calling of the Lord, the character on it that's in your life, uh, is is all wrapped into the journey that you've gone on, and part of that journey has been that you've been broken under. So the Lord has grace for you uh, to to understand that you need to to deal with it. He he gets that they're all tied together, uh, but he also wants you and is requiring you to take the journey of walking in a lifestyle of forgiveness and embracing um, uh, just that grace of the Lord in your life and rejecting a spirit of unforgiveness. So a couple of things that I want to leave you with in this episode that I want to encourage you with. The first one is, is that forgiveness can be granted immediately, but a lifestyle of forgiveness is a spiritual dif uh, discipline that is going to take time to develop. All right, so you can have that moment of forgiveness. And we've, and hopefully, prayerfully, you've had those moments where uh, somebody has done something to you and you've got down on your knees at the end of the day and just said, Lord, I forgive so-and-so, whoever it is, for that offense, for that wounding, for that sin against me. That's great. More moments of like, uh, of, of that 
coupled together throughout the days, weeks, months, seasons, and years, that's what makes a lifestyle of forgiveness. That we want to walk in a lifestyle of forgiveness as opposed to those single moments. All right, we, we need to be, uh, be willing to, to literally grow in the Lord to where we are walking in a lifestyle of unforgiveness. All right, and it's a spiritual discipline that'll take time to develop. It's not that it's, it's going to happen overnight. And especially if you are in a broken under season where you have been wounded by a leader. You've been wounded by a leader that you served. You got to get to that place where you forgive that person first because they are the focal point of that spirit of unforgiveness. They're the ones that your mind always comes back to. So I want to encourage you uh, to, to, stake, to take those baby steps, all right? So the first one is that, yeah, forgiveness can be granted immediately, but you're pursuing a lifestyle of forgiveness. The second thing is, for the sake of God's love for you and for the sake of the ones you love so dearly and for the sake of the ones you lead in the kingdom, forgive. Make those immediate moments uh, happen as often as possible when you encounter offense. And that is, um, that is a, uh, some spiritual homework for you to do. Walk out your door in the morning and you were, you were eventually going to bump into somebody who will offend you, whether or not that's person, the person who bumped you in the aisle at the grocery store, or whether or not that is a leader in the church, somebody that you serve with, as well as say that you serve under, um, and even those people that you lead. Somewhere along the way, you're going to bump into somebody who is going to offend you, who is going to be having a bad day themselves, who is just going to be trying to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. And as they go along, they bump into you with their, their sin, which isn't perfectly um, surrendered to the Lord that day, as, as it is for all of us on most days. Um, that's your opportunity to forgive. And you can't be picky and choosy about it. And this goes back to the lifestyle issue. A lifestyle means... A lifestyle of forgiveness means that you don't pick and choose who you're going to forgive, that you like this set of people or this person and you're going to forgive them and you're not going to forgive these people because, well, maybe they don't politically line up with what you believe or or because of what their, you know, a family member that they're connected to did or a group of people that they were their supporter or friends that they have that you don't get along with. And there's all sorts of reasons in our hearts. But forgiveness must be granted to everybody. You cannot be picky and choosy about who you're going to forgive. Forgiveness is to be for everybody. But for the sake of your calling, for the sake of your future, please, please walk in forgiveness. As hard as it is, begin the journey of forgiving the one or the ones who hurt you. Forgiveness is the first step. We're going to have other podcasts throughout uh, throughout the seasons that are going to deal with forgiveness because forgiveness is actually it's one of the key um, it's one of the the key steps, one of the first steps that you need to get to in moving on from a broken under season. And there's so many dynamics about forgiveness, uh, and so we're going to talk about those in in podcasts to come. So stop the cycle of unforgiveness now in Jesus name. All right. So next episode, we're going to talk about healing, uh, why you need to admit that you need healing, uh, and then how to embrace the Lord's healing for your heart. So please hit that subscribe button uh, also and spread the word about this ministry because this ministry's mission and goal is to help those who have been wounded 
um, by, uh, by leaders or a leader that they served. And the goal of this ministry is to uh, see people healed, restored, and set free, and then and then released back into ministry. So spread the word about this ministry. Uh, at this point, in this stage, it's kind of new, um, which is exciting. And I'm looking forward to more and more people walking in uh, wholeness after being broken under. Uh, and so just spread the word, hit those, um, hit those subscribe buttons and subscribe to the podcast, tell other people about it, and we will see you next episode on the Broken Rising podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. For more podcasts and resources, please visit brokenrising.com and connect with our pages on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast is copyright Broken Rising Ministries.